Networking with Volunteer Fundraisers. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the Fundraising School, and I'm joined today by two of my colleagues, Dr. Beth Breeze, who leads the Center for Philanthropy at the University of Kent, and Dr. Tyrone Freeman, who is a professor at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. And Beth, great to have you with us from England, joining us on this podcast. Hello. And Tyrone, what a delight to have you back on the Fundraising School's podcast. Good to see you. Always a pleasure, Bill. Thank you. Now, this is a, such a wonderful opportunity for me. Both Beth and Tyrone have been honored with the Skystone Award, which is the top award given each year by AFP International for the Book of the Year in fundraising. And Beth won that award in 2022, Tyrone in 2021. Uh, Tyrone also recognized internationally for his work. His book, Madam C.J. Walker's Gospel of Giving, won the Dan David Prize, the top prize, uh, given for works in history. And of course, Beth Breeze with her books and her research also internationally regarded. But there, wait, there's just one more aspect. Both of them were fundraisers, directly fundraisers for about 10 years each before entering the academy. So Beth, you have this wonderful mix, as Tyrone does, of research translating to practice in your professional career and in all the work that you do. And as we approach this work on working with volunteer fundraisers, um, I know you, you've been able to notice just the, the strategic role that volunteers can play and the unique importance that they have to our overall fundraising. Uh, how do you describe that in this 21st chapter of Achieving Excellence in Fundraising? Well, I was really happy to write this chapter with Tyrone because for exactly the reasons you say that volunteer fundraisers are hugely important. I mean, fundraising is mission critical to any nonprofit organization. You can't do good work without the funds to pay for that good work. Um, but most uh, nonprofits, you know, struggle to pay a lot of salaries. Um, they struggle to, you know, in many ways financially. So of course, volunteers uh, can be uh, hugely helpful uh, to get that work done. And in my very first job as a fundraiser, uh, we were running a, a youth homeless charity in the middle of London. Um, um, you know, we had about 40 people living with us, it was quite a big staff team, but there were only two paid fundraisers. There was a guy who knew what he was doing and there was me in my first job. So that was a pretty thin team. And thank goodness we had a whole range of volunteers who came in to help in many different ways. Some came in to do the envelope stuffing. This is pre-internet. Um, some would come to help organize events. Uh, others would speak at um, churches and community events about the, the, the charity. So lots of different kinds of roles, which can, we can touch on in this discussion, but absolutely critical to what we did. And I think that often this kind of volunteer gets overlooked because when we think of a volunteer, we think of someone doing things. So if you're a volunteer in say a, 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 a you know a welfare charity you might imagine them actually out there doing the welfare visiting elderly people or doing the shopping or helping with gardening and so on so doing the work but actually people might be surprised to learn that the most common kind of volunteering uh, whether you're in the UK like me or in, in the US or wherever uh, the most common kind of volunteering is helping to raise funds for good causes and yet people don't tend to think of that kind of volunteering. So it was really a, a privilege to write this chapter with Tyrone and help to draw attention uh, both to the importance of volunteer fundraisers and to try and explain what it is that they do. Tyrone, what trends are we seeing in volunteerism? What does that mean for fundraising? And when we think about volunteers and fundraising, it, it's not one size fits all. There are a couple categories here, right? 
Yeah. So one of the things that's important to realize is, is the effect that volunteers have in society. And we know from national research here in the U.S. context um, that volunteers are two times as likely to donate financially to charity compared to people who don't volunteer. So there's an important connection there between spending one's time and investing in a mission, but also financially supporting it. We also know that they are uh, two to three times uh, more likely to do favors for their neighbors and, and do other things for their neighborhoods, which contributes to the fabric of society is very important. They're five times as likely to be a part of civic associations and groups, which also play important roles in our communities and in society. So there's a lot of spillover um, in terms of the overall impact um, on our communities that volunteers bring, not just to our organizations. And But it's not just a, a, an American phenomenon, it's a global phenomenon. And we know that across the globe, right, that people volunteer um, inside and outside of organizations and one of the studies we cite in, in, in the chapter uh, shows that the amount of volunteer labor that is done around the world would equal about the, the full-time work of 110 million workers in the economy. So it has a huge scale. It's very impactful and something that it's very important for fundraisers to, to make sure they're, they're tending to and stewarding. And one of the distinctions we make in the chapter is this distinction between staff-driven volunteers or supporter-driven volunteers. And, and so the staff-driven volunteer is the, the kind of volunteer who is intentionally recruited by fundraisers, right, to support the fundraising uh, work of the organization, perhaps other programmatic areas as well. And so we think about them as being recruited and engaged and empowered to raise money on behalf of the organization and in partnership with the organization. But there's another kind of volunteer that's becoming increasingly visible and important, and these are the, the supporter-driven volunteers. These are everyday folks who are raising money independently outside of the organizations that they're supporting. Um, maybe they might be doing a car wash, uh, a fashion show, uh, using a digital platform to raise money and then turn it in. But they are doing this, as we say in the book, in aid of the organization without official endorsement because they are driven to the cause. It's very important for fundraisers to be aware of both types. We direct our comments in the chapter towards the staff driven because it's a management process that must be stewarded properly, but fundraisers should also be, be uh, aware of folks who are independently raising money on their behalf and be, pre be prepared to engage them as they arise as well. Dr. Tyrone Freeman and Dr. Beth Breeze, co-author chapter 21 in Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, that 21st chapter titled Working with Volunteer Fundraisers. And Beth, I've heard a lot of great things here about volunteers and about volunteers who help me fundraise. They're very important. They can uh, handle several aspects of fundraising for us. They're more likely to become donors, but it's not quite that simple. A lot of intentionality needs to go into our volunteer relationships. And in fact, you and Tyrone lay out a six-step process of volunteer relationships. Uh, can you discuss you know, why it's important to have that intentionality as we're thinking about our volunteers overall, and especially then in the context of helping us fundraise? Sure. So one of the main messages we wanted to get across is that although volunteers are incredibly helpful, um, you know, when you're financially uh, uh, straightened and when, you're, you know, especially in times of you know, crises and, and you need more work done, but you've got less budget to pay for it. 
and um, we don't want people to fall into the trap of thinking thinking that just because volunteers don't draw a salary uh, that they don't incur any costs you know they're not free um, so the organization needs to uh, be prepared to put uh, time and some resource uh, into into uh, recruiting the volunteers in the first place working out exactly what it is they can do to help so identifying the match between the, the volunteers and what's needed. Um, and then going through a recruitment process in which you, you're very clear about what it is you want them to do and making sure that that's gonna be uh, work on both sides because you know volunteers have different motivations. Some of them uh, will be purely altruistic and will really believe in the cause and want to help. Others will be altruistic, but they'll also want to be building their CV or making new friends or having interesting experiences and what have you. So what you don't want to do is put a volunteer who's very keen to make new friends and put them in a room by themselves stuffing envelopes that's not going to work but somebody else who's very altruistic but very you know shy or not not confident you don't want to make them run a big event so there is a, a an amount of effort at the beginning to get the match right between the volunteer and the kind of fundraising task that you give them uh, you then of course need to onboard them to induct them and introduce them to people and make sure they understand how the charity works so they can speak about it confidently and perhaps even provide some training. So again, all of this takes some resource, um, time, or even potentially a bit of money. Um, then if, just like with donors, because these people are giving their time, uh, you need to thank them and acknowledge them and make sure they feel valued. That might involve um, you know, honoring them at a dinner or an event, or it might be something more private, like making sure they have a letter from uh, you know, the chair or patron, or maybe even a beneficiary. So all of these things take a bit of thought on the part of the staff. So I'll be you know, really keen to emphasize that as I say, just because they're not salaried doesn't mean they're free. So make sure that the organization is ready to work with volunteer fundraisers. Well, Beth's reply also touched on the motivations that people have for volunteering. And, you know, just as donors have a wide range of motivations, volunteers can have a wide range of motivations. And as fundraisers and leaders in the nonprofit sector, the voluntary sector, if you will, we need to be aware of those particular motivations that uh, push volunteers forward. And that's outlined quite well in this chapter, too. Now, Beth, each of the authors were asked to include aspects about crises uh, when they're writing the chapter. And a crisis can be something local. The, the main employer goes out of business. A local storm hits to international, the COVID-19 worldwide pandemic, to crises in between. Where do your thoughts go when you think about a time of crisis and volunteers being engaged with fundraising? Sure. So during a crisis, people want to help. And the kind of people who typically come forward as volunteers um, want to help even more than, than the average. So they, they help by getting involved in their community, by giving their time, giving their money, maybe, you know, campaigning. They're, they're, they're helpers. They're socially engaged people. And there is no shortage of crises at the moment to motivate that, that helping instinct. You know, we live in a time of environmental crisis, quite obviously, a social justice crisis, racial. Um, in Europe, we have a, a war going on. We've obviously all just experienced a global health crisis in the, the COVID pandemic. So there is no shortage of opportunities for people to respond to. And that's when uh, that they need to be ready to take advantage and to work with those people who, who want to step up and help uh, is so important. Um, the motivations may be that they worry about their local community. You know, some people, their, their, their geographic proximity is hugely important to them. Others might be more motivated by seeing suffering abroad or in a, in a part of life that's touched them, you know, because they, in their family or their own life, they've been affected by an illness or, or uh, a particular issue. So working out what would be meaningful volunteer engagement for them uh, is really important. And if you get that match right, then the volunteer doesn't only give their time and help to raise money, which are the most obvious outcomes of, of good volunteer fundraisers, but they really can, can embody 
the, the, the passion of the organization they're working for and the commitment, you know, they are living proof, as it were, uh, of the importance of the mission because they care about it so much that they're not drawing a salary, they're doing it because it matters to them. And that's hugely powerful in terms of being a living example of the value of that organization. And also ideally speaking to their peers, you know, whatever their network is, if that person's giving their time for free, that should hopefully help uh, uh, motivate their friends and, and family and colleagues and so on to also give. So volunteers matter in, in many different ways in the crisis. And as we can hear from Dr. Breeze's thoughtfulness and sophistication in her answer, you know, volunteer recruitment and management for fundraising during time of crisis isn't like hitting an on switch once the crisis comes to be able to respond in a way that Beth described so well. We need to be ready. We need to plan for that next crisis, however small or large it might be, so that we're ready for those volunteers when they want to assist us. And Tyrone, I want to come back to, to one of your previous answers. You had talked about the difference between staff-driven and kind of this independent organic type of volunteer behavior, uh, including volunteering for fundraising. And you mentioned that that the organic independent style of, of volunteering is getting a brighter light. It's We're becoming more aware of this. And one of the reasons is because of the leadership that you and others are providing around the important aspects related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And again, each chapter in Achieving Excellence in Fundraising has a DEI theme included. Uh, again, what are your thoughts when you think about volunteers and fundraising through this very important life-transforming lens of DEI? I think it's very important that, that fundraisers be mindful of uh, their engagement with volunteers through this lens of, of DEI and being sure that that work is also tied to their organizational strategic plan for diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, and, and, and so it's important to think about um, who uh, your volunteers are, who they're serving, and how can you be representative and, and engaging different voices, different experiences. Uh, because again, if we think about this idea that we write about in the chapter, that, that in part volunteers bring this, this idea of being bellwethers uh, to our fundraising, which is so valuable and important, then, then that means, right, they're, they're bringing perspectives, they're bringing voices to us, they're bringing us information from the community that helps us work the steps of the fundraising cycle, right? Um, from, from validating the case for support, analyzing the needs, determining the needs, evaluating the markets, understanding uh, potential donors, right? And so it's important that we have uh, engagement um, on our, our fundraising committees or, or the various ways in which we're, we're bringing volunteers to bear on our, our process because we're looking for their support, their, their perspective, their voice, their connections, their relationship, all in service to the mission. So it very much should be tied uh, to the larger issues and, and, and plan for diversity, equity, and inclusion in your organization. And one of the things about fundraising, like depending upon the organization or the context, right, you may even be able to, to do more, right? So I worked in a small nonprofit where as a fundraiser, I was able to have my hands on everything, very active with the board and, and different committees. I've also been in, in a big university where I never saw the board, right? There's many different layers, right? But wherever you are, I think it's important to raise these kinds of questions and saying, hey, how does this um, impact our diversity, equity, and inclusion plan? How might it contribute to it? Or what do we need to do here to be sure that we are engaging a broad range of people so that we know that we are truly meeting and identifying the needs of our community. DEI needs to be part of the DNA of the entire organization, not a set-aside category. And when we're doing that well, uh, that also then naturally will include doing well uh, with DEI aspects associated with volunteers 
in fundraising. And through the richness of this conversation, you can see uh, you know, the pracademic skills of our two guests today, the co-authors, Dr. Beth Breeze and Dr. Tyrone Freeman, and why they've been recognized nationally and internationally for their work, not just researching, but translating that research into practical application for fundraisers. And that's our greatest strength at the fundraising school, wherever possible. Our curriculum is research-based, is evidence-based, um, not just somebody's history, not just somebody's opinion, not just somebody's best practice, but wherever possible, supported by the evidence. And that comes through in our public courses, which are available in person now in more and more U.S. cities and online anywhere around the world. And online can be recorded. It can also be live and virtual. We also have our, we also have our custom training. Our custom training can be just for your nonprofit just for your country, just for your region, maybe just for your association, again, either in person or anywhere across the world online as well. We have our quarterly webinars and, of course, these free podcasts. And the information about our, our, our fundraising school content, along with the textbook, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition, all of that is available on our website at philanthropy.iui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. Again, gratitude today for our guests, Dr. Beth Breeze and Dr. Tyrone Freeman. Our producers today are Dustin Donovan and Mike Anthony. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm -hmm.